Hi, Jackie. Hey, Ramona. How's your night going so far? I'm really tired. (laughs) I started working out again. Me too. Today was day one. I just did like a 20 minute yoga situation. Oh, good. I got up early and now I'm ready for sleepy time. Yeah, me too. And it's 830. I just want you to know. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. Um, But we had a nice conversation tonight with an old friend of yours. Yeah, absolutely. Sandra, Sandra Love. Um, she is a friend of mine from high school. We're both from Burlington, so we go way back. And I ran into Sandra recently. And of course, you know, like Facebook, everybody's friends on Facebook. And she is, um, she's an avid listener of our podcast. And she volunteered to come on and share her story about, you know, how the lack of information about what we're going through led to a serious problem for her. Yeah. um, And it's so important for us to pepper in these real life stories among the experts and healthcare practitioners that we speak to on the podcast, because just hearing a story like Sandra's just makes me realize again, how much information is out there for women and we don't know it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, surprising but not surprising, Sandra was given a bum steer by her doctor, not because, you know, he he was trying to, to do anything. He just like he didn't know how to guide her through this scenario called menopause. Yeah, so um, I think that's all we should say. We shouldn't (laughs) have any spoiler alerts here. We should just um, have everyone listen to Sandra's story, and I'm sure they'll learn a lot. Hi, Sandra. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Ramona and Jackie. Thank you. (laughs) Sandra is a buddy of mine from the wonderful town of Burlington, Ontario. And Sandra and I were friends all through high school and got into many adventures in your parents' (laughs) home in their liquor cabinet. <laughs> well, that's lovely. Um, and yeah, today, that's what you Sandra- want to hear the parents saying, "That's lovely." <laughs> that's lovely. But Sandra's here to share a lot more than um, your high school shenanigans. Um, I could tell stories. <laughs> yes, maybe we'll meet later, and you can give me some stuff to like keep in my arsenal for later. Um, but I know that you you listen to the podcast and we're mm-hmm. grateful that you're here um, to talk to us because as you know, we have a lot of experts and health professionals that come to inform us, but it's also important for us to hear about what real women are going through because we all have a different experience and sometimes it's really comforting for us to hear from another person who's either in the thick of it or maybe just finishing or maybe just starting and seeing how what what things you do to cope with your day-to-day. So thank you for uh, coming on and sharing your experience with us. Well, thank you for having me. And definitely for you two to be doing this type of uh, podcast, um, it's it's thankful I'm really thankful because when you hear it as you say it's one of those things that none of people talk about mm-hmm. women we need to share the information we're given mm-hmm. um, I have to say since been I've been listening 
Um, I've been telling friends who are in their 30s and 40s, it's like, you guys have to listen to this because get educated now. Yeah. Because true. you're not going crazy. Yeah. Well, right. and that's the problem is we use the word menopause very generically, but I think what we think with She 2.0 and why we started this is because, yeah, when you go through menopause and you're through on the other side, you still have to deal with the symptoms. They can last a long time. But what women don't really understand is perimenopause and how early it can start and what it does to your body and that there are things you can do to course correct so that when you you know, slide into menopause, you're not a hot mess. Was yeah. it a slide? I didn't know it was a slide. <laughs> a shuffle. Yeah. Uh-huh. More like a thump. A crawl yeah, anyway. to the finish line. I don't when know. When you but. peacefully glide into <laughs> <Yeah>. menopause. <laughs> so Sandra, can, do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm, I'm the lovely age of 53. Okay. And are you in perimenopause or menopause? I'm post. I am totally in it right now. Wow. I've, I unfortunately don't know how this happened, but uh, in a family of four girls, and I'm the youngest, I started showing symptoms in my early 40s, which oh, wow. nobody spoke about. It was such, I don't yeah. know why. Really? Not a lot of people spoke about it. And so I actually, uh, I think literally my last period was 2013, March of 2013. Wow. So you were fairly young. Yeah. Yeah. And what were you experiencing at the beginning? Like when you were in perimenopause, what sort of clued you in? Well, at the time, as I said, this would have been really helpful had this podcast been around back mm-hmm. then. At the time, you, you don't realize in hindsight now, I know what the signs were, which was definitely fogginess and moodiness and the hormone imbalance, which didn't realize it was attributed to menopause. Can't tell you how many times I bought a pregnancy test thinking mm-hmm. really wrong. Um, and then it was the hot flashes that did me in. That's when it really became apparent that more was happening. And, and at first you sort of deny to yourself, it's like, this can't be happening. I'm in my forties. This is too young. Mm-hmm. I, asked, I asked my sisters my mother had had a partial hysterectomy, I think after having me. And so she didn't just, Oh, well, just, it just happened. <laughs> uh, no, it's like, I'm dying here. And my sisters didn't really have the same symptoms as strongly as I did. So um, at, at 40, Five, I was reaching out to get some some help from my doctor at that point. And what kind of um, help were you looking for? Well, it would mainly have been the night sweats because waking up in a pool of your own sweat and having to, you know, yeah, much fun that no one tells you about. So uh, you make that a point with your doctor to just sort of say, "I'm going crazy," like this feels there's so there's so much of an out of control feel for it for a Mm -hmm. long time and you never know when it's coming of course um so he's been my doctor I still Jackie I still go back to Burlington for my doctor visits oh wow yeah that's commitment yeah well he's really good he's known my family so Mm -hmm. um thank goodness he's still practicing and wow because he was here doctor like all through say like high school your periods your pregnancies Oh my, wow. Yeah. And he's still practicing. Holy mm-hmm. moly. Yeah. That's so crazy. He, um, we had a long talk about it because I, I didn't really want to do hormone replacement. Um, and I, 
I really had a long talk about what are other options. And in the end, he said, well, if you don't want to do hormone replacement and we know your family history of, of um, there's cancers and different things. So I said, okay, what is my option? And he said, well, something that I found has worked for a lot of our clients is an antidepressant. And <sighs> he says, it's really known for taking care of a lot of the night sweats and those symptoms. And I said, but I'm not depressed. And he said, well, you'll, it'll help that symptom, but you'll be going around with a smile on your face. Oh my God. And if you're not depressed now, you will be. <laughs> no, but it was more about, it was more about, well, you'll feel happy. And I thought, okay, so wow. started off with a small dose and I did a little research and said, okay, clearly we had a lot of um, positive um, help for the, the night sweats, which is what I was doing it for. And I said, it took about um, six months to get regulated to a point of the dosage being uh, effective. So I was on that for a couple of years. For I wonder what the like side effects are of taking an antidepressant when you don't need it, like from a mental health perspective. Well, and that's, it, it's, it affects the brain. That's the yeah, whole, this right. drug, it's affecting the brain. And, um, and I don't know why there's such a correlation with the symptoms of menopause and how this can help mm -hmm. I, are some, some similarities with um, hormones and the low estrogen. So mm -hmm. that combat it with an antidepressant and it, 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 it helps combat those things in the brain. As I said, I kind of relied on my doctor mm -hmm. that feedback. So uh, it, it certainly took care of the, the night sweats. I didn't it did eh? Absolutely. For yeah. years. Okay. For years. And did you experience other side effects um, because you were on an antidepressant? Well, I didn't. I can. I, I tried asking my husband, am I happier? Am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, you have your moments still. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. So it was, it was definitely uh, made things, uh, quality of life was better for sure. Okay. Wasn't okay. sleep deprived. And I wasn't uh, feeling like I was going crazy. And there was an actual answer to my problem. Right. Um, but when it actually became an issue was by accident. Because it was um, a few years ago, I was up north and I had run out of the medication. I was, you know, I was up at the cottage for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Vacation time. My husband had headed back to the city and I had friends up and they were visiting and I, had been without the medication for three days. Oh. Anything of it. Didn't think a thing. And I actually was like, oh, look at this. I'm not having any hot flashes. Nothing is bothering me. I must be cured was sort of the mentality I took. <laughs> and I actually, we were doing stuff down at the lake and I fell and really did some damage to my leg. So my friends and I all said, well, we better go to the hospital. You probably should get stitches. So I sat in triage and the nurse was asking me the typical questions and said, by the way, are you on any medication? I explained, oh, normally I am, but I'm not on. And what's the medication? And I listed the name of the antidepressant and she kind of, her eyes lit up and she just kind of said, how are you feeling? And I said, uh, I'm feeling fine. And she said, no, how are you seriously feeling? And 
I kind of was stunned by her boldness and her, she was really, mm-hmm. and she said, that medication, if you go off it cold turkey, can make you suicidal. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I was so thrown by that comment and then nervous and upset at the fact it almost felt like, why am I on this? If this isn't a side effect I was going to be told about, I certainly wasn't warned that you can't, you know, don't go off at cold turkey kind of thing, which isn't what I intended. I just ran out. So needless to say, I had to go rush to the pharmacy, get at least one pill to tide me over to get while I got back home. Um, And I immediately made an appointment with my family doctor to say, what the heck am I on? Wow. Yeah, he explained, um, you know, it is a neurological medication that will affect you in your in your brain and so it because it treats depression um you it's not a drug that you can just go off of you will have side effects if you do try and sure enough i will say within a day after just getting the one pill back on i was nauseous for about three days and that is one of the side effects you feel sick and your body Mm -hmm. withdrawal yeah yeah yeah. i had you sorry go ahead i was just gonna i was curious to know how many years you were on it for um, I think it was about uh, four years. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I was on it for, and as I said, it I didn't have any hot flashes after I had been on it. So you're off of it now. Yes. As soon as that happened and I went in and spoke to him, he says, okay, well, we can't just go cold turkey. Yeah, you have to wean. It took me six months to get off it because you have to lower the dosage over a period of time. And I've been off it for quite a few years now and... Oh, yeah, I still get hot flashes, but not like I used to. Certainly not to that extent of waking up in sweats. Um, it's just that, you know, those moments where you'll be feeling the back of your neck going, okay, somebody open a door. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I have to say, um, it is a disappointing story because I had the same thing happen with my doctor when Maddie was about a year old. And Maddie didn't sleep. Like, she woke up every two hours for 15 months. So I was sleep deprived and I went in for an appointment for something and she did a little intervention with my husband to talk to me about my state of mind. And I got put on an antidepressant. Um, And same as you, I, I got no information, just, you know, I was told how to onboard it. But after like less, maybe about a year, I didn't want to be on it anymore. I didn't feel like I needed it. And I stopped cold turkey. And the first two days, I was like, this is a breeze. I could just do this all the time. By the third day, I lost my absolute shit. And I was driving a car by myself and it wasn't good. Like my husband almost had to call the hospital because I was a train wreck. And my doctor never gave me that information. Mm -hmm. And that's dangerous. I mean, you do feel suicidal or at least completely not yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you would assume the pharmacist usually walks you through when you pick up your prescription, especially a new one. They ask you, have you been on this before? And they usually walk you through all of the various side effects. I'm surprised that both of you experienced that. Yeah, Yeah. I I didn't, you know, I, I knew what the side effects might or could be. But I wasn't told anything about weaning off of it. Like, that would have stuck with me, I'm sure. So, but it's amazing that with all of the symptoms that we get, that that's what they do. They throw you onto a pill to make you happy. 
That mm-hmm. shocks me. Like, did your doctor not have any other information? Did he suggest you speak to a menopause practitioner? Not did at all. No, they I exist. Didn't know that existed. Exactly. Neither did yeah. we until we started this podcast. So yes. it's interesting yep. that no other doctors know, like general practitioners know that there's this resource out there for women who are way more knowledgeable than they are about mm-hmm. the subject. And none of them know to refer their patients to a menopause practitioner. And even if there isn't a menopause practitioner near you, but I will say, Sandra, like Brant Arts on Brant Street, right mm-hmm. next to our old high school, we have had um, two of their fabulous practitioners on our podcast, and they're amazing. Yeah. But back then, maybe there wasn't such a thing, Ramona. I don't know, but they, you know, there, yeah, there was. The, this this is the thing that menopause like practitioners time. have been around for years, and none mm-hmm. of us knew about we them. I don't know. know what they've been doing. Well, they were hiding them. They were hiding them. <laughs> and did he did he talk about anything else to help mitigate your symptoms, like any sort of like? Um, vitamins or like, well, I guess he probably wouldn't have mentioned any sort of like holistic treatments because doctors no, usually it was don't. more, you know, looking at what I, I, at the time it was, um, you know, you, you to focus on sleep, exercise, eating what's standard, yeah. um, which, you know, I had two kids at home and I like, yeah, I'm, I'm busy. I'm constantly doing stuff. So I'm trying my best doing with what I have. And then, you know, as you say, it, you rely a lot on that information you're getting from that one source. Mm-hmm. Um, and you try and do some internet research of your own, but really, I found it was it was talking to other women um, that I was surrounding myself with and asking what was everybody doing. And it, I had like a mixed bag of people. Either they were had done hormone replacement. A number of women who'd had horrible. Um, problems with their periods had full of hysterectomies in their forties because it was horrible what they were going through. And, you know, that's a lot. That was the better option. Ironically, it's probably one of those things we can all look back on too and go, Oh, here, Oh, you have horrible periods. Let's just take everything out. Not discussing the other side effects Mm -hmm. that we'll need to deal with now following like it. It's really ridiculous. And now that, that we, now that we know more, um, even if your doctor didn't refer you to a menopause practitioner, like if they didn't know, we learned recently that we could have gone to an endocrinologist. Endocrinologist, yeah. And that was never, I don't know about you guys, that was never suggested no. to me. In fact, I had one doctor say, well, ask your friends what supplements they're taking. I'm like, what? I mean, it, and... We did a post recently about um, symptoms, and uh, I can't remember exactly what the post was about, but some woman said, you know, even now when I go to my doctor and I mention the word menopause to her, her female doctor, she rolls her eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just something, like, we're making up, you know, it's the new seasonal disorder or something, like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I certainly think there's a lot of... um, I don't know why there is such this negative ability to talk about it. Mm -hmm. As you say, you go to a doctor, you would think a doctor, it wouldn't be a big deal to talk about it, but it is such a 
I wouldn't say taboo, that's not the right word, but it's certainly not as openly discussed and shared. It's about a sharing information. Absolutely. All can understand. And as you say, not the same treatment for one person isn't going to be necessarily as effective for somebody else. But knowing what your options are and being able to try them out, like that was the thing that, I mean, this is why we started this whole podcast to begin with was because we felt the same way. We were bumbling around trying to find the information that we needed to help support us and nobody seemed to know, including our doctors. And it's like, again, like you said, shared information educates us all. We can find what works for us. There's no perfect solution for everybody. Everybody has a different journey, but what might work for me might work for you, might not work for you, but maybe something else will work. I'm curious, Sandra, with you being off the antidepressants now, um, what your journey is like, like what's day to day has, is menopause affecting you as much as it did before? Um, in different ways. So certainly, um, I'm finding the symptoms and part of this, as we get over 50, I found a lot of changes hit over Mm -hmm. 50, um, that you don't, whether it attributes to the age factor or that I'm fully in menopause, Mm -hmm. the forgetfulness is Mm -hmm. a big one. Yeah. And there are times when I like will stutter in a meeting because I cannot remember somebody's name at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. An issue that I just dealt with. And, and you start to walk off those situations and think, am, am, am I getting something? <laughs> I mean, oh, for I, sure. Yeah. I we've all felt that. that. Yeah. It so so genuinely scares women when they, when we yes. lose our memory, that genuine, it's like we, you know, society jokes about it. You know, when women are pregnant and they get pregnancy brain, it's really Mm -hmm. cute and funny. But when you are in our age group and you really are genuinely forgetting things, women, you know, our our minds go to like Alzheimer's or dementia. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And when you see, my parents were much older and sort of, they've both passed, but um, I've seen that, that loss of you know, memory, mm-hmm. my father-in-law died of Alzheimer's. So I've seen it and I've, and it scares you because you don't want to think maybe it's that road. But then as you keep forgetting, this is menopause too. It can be, yeah. Um, but the forgetfulness, certainly um, there are moments where you feel moodier, I guess, throughout the, the week or not necessarily the day, but there's moments where you'll be triggered by things. Mm-hmm normally would not have been something that would affect you. And yet you can go from zero to 60 in like a nanosecond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So are you so. taking supplements now? Or are you, yes. are you doing? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I, I make sure one thing I will say is I am still very much about seeing my doctor every year. We do the blood work. We check and he will still put my FSH score. He'll make sure that we test everything just to keep it in alignment and make sure where I'm at. Um, because I think a lot of us just, you know, even if you're perimenopausal or post, you just sort of think, oh, if, if you're in a, a level state at a point, you don't have to worry about those things. But it is important because it changes. It can change very quickly. Mm-hmm. I keep a very close eye on that. So it sounds like like I was going to make a joke about you getting a new doctor, but you're still with your doctor. No, so how did you talk to him about what you needed? 
Well, uh, because the first thing was to get me off, what I didn't like was what it, what I was being told by that nurse in that triage was, mm-hmm. was a side effect that I wasn't even made aware of in the first place, which had I known that, maybe I would have made a different decision. Mm-hmm. Again, if I'd known that there were these menopause practitioners that I could have gone to, that would have been a better decision, I think. So yeah, absolutely. if you just don't have the option to know what's out there, then you just take what's given to you. So um, I was very open with him. I always have been and, and said, you know, I really wished he'd had told me. And he, he understood why I was so upset, certainly in the condition I was in. And keep in mind, I was by myself up north with friends. And thank goodness they were there because the, one of the side effects, as you say, is you're not supposed to drive when yeah. you're going. Yeah. Yep. And all these things that could have happened. Well, yeah, yeah, you're very lucky. Like yeah. one more day without your meds, you could have had a psychotic Absolutely. Episode. Just one more day. Like my mine was after three days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I was on the fourth day and it did kick in, but I could have been driving and then something yep. happened. And so I think, I think the responsibility to a lot of People are, it's ask the questions, but also we have to educate the doctors to make sure family practitioners that are dealing with women daily mm-hmm. ought to be educated and understand what it is you're talking to them about. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and, and if know, you don't, sorry, I was just going to say, if you don't have the time to do it, like we've talked about on the podcast, Jackie, like, you know, general practitioners need to know a lot of information and they can't obviously be an expert on everything but I think a lot of them are just unaware that these other resources exist that they can simply refer a patient to someone like a menopause practitioner to get the extra help that they need Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and also you know when you get referred to a practitioner what we've learned um, with the team from Brand Arts is you know if you're someone who doesn't want to go on medication or prescription drugs um, they don't they're not limited to that as um, an overall suggestion just because they work for the pharmacy. Like they cover holistic and natural approaches. Like they give you the wide range of options. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you're not just going to, you know, getting passed on to someone else who's also going to recommend a pill. So now like, but I don't feel like this option was probably around when our moms went through menopause I'm sure as hell it was our moms didn't talk about it right so who knew what was available yeah all of us kind of have experienced the same things where um if the women in your life didn't really share those kind of things with you or weren't around to share them with you like it's challenging and even the women who are our peers you know we've come to realize with this podcast that women still feel this taboo or shame with talking about it um openly with their peers um Mm -hmm. or you know and and so by us breaking down that stigma, we're hoping too that, you know, women are going to start to feel more comfortable and share their experiences. Mm-hmm. I well, just, do you I'm have sorry, a lot of friends who will talk openly about it yes. now that you've opened up the conversation? Yeah. I make sure I kind of, um, you know, certainly we're always joking. I got to say we're, we're all mm-hmm. us a wine joking about you know, the memory or mood swing. You know, you joke about that, but in amongst that, I also will talk about, so what are your symptoms or how are, how, what stage are you at? Yeah. And mm-hmm. keeping it open is, is important. But the other thing I wanted to say is one 
thing that I've found has really helped. I've been very open with both my kids. I have boys that are 20 and 18 and I've been very upfront with them about it. And my husband, obviously, and, and making sure that they understand mm-hmm. normal for a mother or a woman to have these issues. And I'm not perfect. And, um, you know, certainly can't blame everything on menopause, but understand that it is a part of life. And you may be around it with somebody in your life down the road. So don't be afraid of it, but be mm-hmm. about it. And they've asked questions and they've been, they've been very cool about it. So that's great. I mean, I, I'm helpful. That must, you know, that must be helpful too, because raising boys, you know, if they are going to date women, you know, like when I was that age, boys would never talk about our periods. We were gross. Like no. just the way that we make women feel so yucky about our bodies. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And women do it to women too. And society does it to us in media and just the mere fact that no one talks about it, that we feel our doctors don't know anything about it. Our mothers didn't talk about it. We're kind of left with this impression that we have to suck it up. And I, I think it's more mm-hmm. than an impression. I think it's a pretty strong message. But like Ramona said, we're turning the tide on this. And the thing is, it's so crazy to me that 100% of women will go through menopause. Why are we, why are we hiding this? Like, It's yeah. kind of like when my kid goes to school and she's 10 and she's like, don't talk to me in front of my friends. I'm like, do you guys literally sit around and try and convince each other you don't have parents? Like, why, why is everything so hidden and buried? But the more that we see women talk about it, you know, it's going to, I think, encourage women to talk to their friends and see what they're doing and trying. I'm not saying that's the best way to get a treatment plan. But, you know, if, if they are not listening to this podcast, where are they getting information about what mm-hmm. other things to try? If I'm your friend, Sandra, and you tell me I tried this, this, and this, that's all I know you tried. I, I'm going to try one of those things. But there mm-hmm. are more things going on in your menopause and mine and Ramona's. They're all different. Mm-hmm. So we all need different solutions. And I'm, I'd be curious to know with your daughter what's... Yeah in the school system. So I think back to our days in high school, mm-hmm. when in, in the room with the, the lights out and they put a video on, boys and girls had to sit in and we learned about periods and about how, you know, how, how you get pregnant and, and what happens as you get older with your body, but they stop, like that's all you need to know and off you go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. continued on for children, like as if, don't tell them now, why would they need to know? Oh, yeah. That part of me is what are kids at your daughter's age hearing in school at this point? This is my thing. Like, like, like my joke about Maddie at school being embarrassed. Like, why are, why are we pretending it's not happening? It's happening. And you're right. It does lead to a big discussion on how we talk to our daughters. I've already talked to Maddie about her period. She's 10. She's developing Mm -hmm. and it's coming soon. Greg's going to have such a great time. (laughs) I can't wait. Um, But, you know, I've also talked to her about my own menopause and my mom wasn't really in agreement with me doing that because she felt that I would be scaring her, um, you know, about menopause, like, holy hell, mommy's a hot mess. This is what's coming for me. But 
it's not the conversation Maddie and I had. Mm-hmm. Like I explained that my body, like her body is changing. Mine is changing too. And so, you know, she might be getting moodier and whatever. She might be developing in her body. She's noticing differences. Well, I'm getting super friggin' moody. I can't sleep. I can't remember her name. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I try to tell it to her in a way that is, look, it's okay. It's happening, but I'm okay. Well, there are some similarities between, you know, puberty and getting your period and coming out of getting your period, right? Because of the hormonal shifts in your body. Like, you know, when you think about, okay, maybe kids aren't having hot flashes, but they're having a lot of different hormonal changes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important as women to educate our girls because, I mean, I know coming from where I grew up, I didn't have nearly the amount of information my daughter has and it embarrasses her and she's uncomfortable and she thinks I talk about things way too much. And all I say to her is, you know, mom wants you to feel super prepared so that you're not anxious or afraid when these things start happening to you. Because I know for me, I just kind of felt like I was lost and, and it was like, oh, you got your period. Okay. Well, here's the cupboard. This is where you get stuff. And that was it. (laughs) That was my talk. So it's like, I just want to make sure that, you know, whether you're an adolescent or a woman in your fifties, you're not navigating this alone, that that you know that there's other people going through the same thing and it's completely normal. Yeah. I remember carrying, this is going to sound completely inappropriate, but in grade eight, I had the, um, do you remember the Crown Royal blue bag? Purple bag. <laughs> was Purple that your bag? No, oh, yes. that was my, that was my pencil case. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that was a fancy period bag, Jack. That is so inappropriate when I think about it, especially did not work when you had a compass in it. Remember the compass? Yeah. But um, <laughs> but I put my my pads in my pads in there because you know and you would why are you going to the bathroom with your pencil case like you know we yeah. hid it we did everything to hide it we were practically spies but yeah. now I'm not saying now we're going to convince our kids to wave a tampon in front of the class and go be right no. back brb <laughs> yeah that's right Sandra I'm curious um, you know. Was there anything that surprised you about menopause? Um, certainly the level of uh, misinformation mm-hmm. out there. Um, and I, I find it's, as I said, I, I have three other sisters and I asked them outright and they are much older than I am. So I figured, oh, they've had a head start. So they must have had the same thing. But, and even then, it was somewhat like, no, I'm not having the same issues as you. Yeah, hot flashes, whatever. And then that was the end of the conversation. That was it. It still was not a discussion point to say, let's share here. What did you do? What didn't you do? Mm-hmm. Did you try any kind of therapy of any sort? Like there was nothing. And it was the same with my mother. She mm-hmm. would sort of giggle about it. But as you say, that era, it, it was completely hushed. Well, they didn't mm-hmm. talk about anything. They right? didn't talk about anything. Yeah. They didn't like, even, when I got my period, my dad, all he did is, oh, your plumbing's working. Love. <laughs> mortified. <laughs> I can't believe he called it plumbing. <laughs> it was how they just dealt with it and they just didn't put a name to it. Yeah. They didn't want to talk about it, right? 
Yeah. I'm laughing because if your sister Carol is listening to this, you did just say my sisters are way older than me. Oh, yeah. She knows. <laughs> she knows how old she is. I have a question. You said um, when Ramona asked what is something that surprised you, you said the misinformation. So mm-hmm. I'm curious about that if you can give me some examples because what we typically experience is complete lack of information, but misinformation is just as dangerous. So what kind of misinformation did you get? Yeah, that it would just, it would be a small period of time that your body will adjust with hormones. You might feel a little hot, done. (laughs) Who told you that? Your doctor. It was sort of in general, you'd hear it. I'd hear it from other, and it was usually older women too, that were telling me this. So Honestly, when it hits you that there's something wrong mm-hmm. and think about all those conversations you've had with these other people, you really do think that something wrong with you. Yeah, absolutely. And really, really going on that has nothing to do with menopause, that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And then like we put ourselves through so much and we internalize it. We don't try and immediately go out there and try and find an answer. And until you're actually pushed into a corner, which I was, with the sweats, and I thought, I've, this, I can't be going crazy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, what's wrong with you? I don't dare bring it up. So you, you hear that it's just a thing that's, a, it'll pass. It'll go, as I said. Mm-hmm. It, but it might not pass. You, you, I'm not trying to, like, bring the conversation down, but, I mean, some women have, to some degree, their symptoms for the rest of their lives, and other women don't, and other women don't get symptoms. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't know what's going to happen to you. So when you realize you're starting to go through it, it's kind of scary because you think, holy hell, am I going to be the worst case scenario or Mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle? But even just to back that up, like you have no one to talk to. So that makes it scary. And and even now when you're telling me that, I think, God, we, Mona, we've learned so much that when I hear something like that, it takes me way back. And I think, wow, that's crazy how much, information is out there that doesn't it's not helpful but it's very scary it's, it's off-putting to hear that uh-huh. you know well and gonna, I think it's still there's so many women that still don't know what we know obviously and it it makes me sad that there are probably some women out there struggling um mentally and physically uh-huh. and wondering what's wrong with them and are a bit scared because I think all of us have kind of gone through that as we've talked about when you've got the brain fog and anxiety and all of that stuff. That's when you re- it starts to play tricks on you, on your mind, right? As to like, is this, like, what is happening? Is this menopause? Is Am I having a nervous breakdown? Am I getting dementia? Like, I've had all of those narratives run through my head like at one time. And I think... Having known this in advance, like I would have been able to better prepare myself just even emotionally and the people around me emotionally to say, this is what's actually happening to me right now. And I'm trying to like find ways to cope and I need your support, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You find yourself when you're in, I certainly have, in a group of friends and all it takes is one person to say something about Oh God, I've been, I had my period last month or two months ago and I haven't had it. And so, and then you kind of want to say to them, I know this information. I don't <laughs> step in and try to 
tell them. It's almost like you're preaching. Listen, I know yeah. what you're going through. Yeah. You almost feel like you're trying to give them as much information all at once because they're just slightly mentioning it. And you can tell they're nervous. I've seen mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the first time um, women in my community um, who are a couple of years younger than me started to talk to me about it. And um, it was um, quite a few years ago and I was still in Perry and I was picking Maddie up from a play date and I went to the one mom's house and they were all sitting there drinking champagne at five o'clock. So naturally, <laughs> so did I. <laughs> so like, this is the best part of motherhood. But I came in in January in a tank top under my coat because I was working from home and they were wearing sweaters, which makes me envious because I used to love sweaters. And when I took my coat off and sat down and they're like, are you cold? Do you want a sweater? It's like, are you kidding? I am always hot. And then slowly after glass by glass of champagne, it was like, so what does it, like, what does a hot flash feel like? Like I had this thing, was this a hot flash? Yes. Um, I'm starting not to sleep very well. Like the questions started to come and I think the women I was talking to felt more and more comfortable, but yeah, it, it took, it needed an icebreaker for some reason. Mm-hmm. Gates opened. That's yeah, right. absolutely. Yes. But I think it's great that you are teaching your boys and your husband like how to mm-hmm. deal with it because I can't stand and I haven't heard it from my husband. Otherwise, <laughs> he wouldn't be here to talk about it. But he's never said, oh, you must be on your period or oh, it's your menopause. I'd kill him. But I don't think, like, I think that is how some people tend to respond to it. And that's very dismissive and insulting. Mm -hmm. So it's great that you're teaching them how to be good people about this. Yeah. But there are sometimes answers to their other people's behavior that isn't just one, you know, one little, they're an idiot or, you know, Mm -hmm. to it. So try and be a little kind and understanding that if grandma's acting like this or mom's acting like this, that there's a reason in some cases. Not just, I'm not trying to make it say that it's right to act like crazy lady, but you yeah, can't help it. Let them understand. It's, yeah. Get them be aware of it. And that um, uh, my husband's been fabulous. Unfortunately, you're laughing about tank tops in winter. I sleep with... And I used to laugh at my mom who used to sleep with the bedroom window wide open in the middle of winter, mm-hmm. one cotton sheet and a <laughs> and she was like that every single night of her life when I was a kid. And I thought, wow, you're nuts. <laughs> I got into this age group and I've got the ceiling fan going, yes. <laughs> a fan in front of the bed, one little sheet and sleeveless pajamas. And that's yeah. my husband has got the duvet doubled up on his side. Yeah. And your window's <laughs> wide open. Forever. We we were sitting uh, watching a movie the other day and I had on a tank top, my pajama bottoms. I had all the windows open and I had a blanket on and Craig was like, what the hell? I'm like, well, the blanket is like, in case I get hot, I can take it off. Then I can put it on. I can cool <laughs> off, but I can't, you know, yeah. I can warm up, but I can't cool off if all the windows are open. So he had like two blankets on and sweater. Do we really have to do this? Like get menopause, dude. Then we would all be in the same boat. No heating bills. (laughs) So, Sandra, what would you like women to know about menopause now that you've kind of 
come full circle. What what did what do you wish you would have known back then that you'd like to impart on women who are about That's to enter parish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because really, it's I wish I'd known all of the bits of information that have come out in pieces. I wish I'd known it all at once, and I really do mm-hmm. come back to high school and thinking about all the stuff you learn in high school about health education and women's bodies. And and it, it really did feel like it stopped. Mm-hmm. You're of childbearing years, then you're fine. You're on your way. But nobody talked about anything for a very long period of my life in between my, you know, from high school till I was 40. That's a long time. That to is. Have any discussion with whether it be your doctor, your family, your girlfriends, nobody talks about that. Women wouldn't have known that in my age group because they hadn't gone through it yet. No, of course not. Right. Early. I was one of the younger ones in my friends. So mm-hmm. now the one that they'll say, did this happen to you? Like, oh, yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> not losing your mind. It is part mm-hmm. of the problems. And it really does affect every a- aspect of your life as far as, as you say, sleep. Um, concentration, um, your relationships. So to to understand, if I'd known in high school that this was coming, not saying that I had to know it fully, but at least know that it was really coming and what to expect would have been nice. Yeah, well, even before like you hit, um, you know, even like if you, you hit your childbearing years, it should be a cue to one of your healthcare professionals to say, you know, once once you hit your 30s, it's something that women should be educated about because any one of us could hit perimenopause in our 30s up to our 70s. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's the reality of it. Like, not all of us will. And yes, hitting perimenopause in your 30s is not as usual as, say, in your 40s or 50s, but it still happens. And being armed with that information is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an opportunity to reset your body. And and as we're learning all those symptoms, they mean something. They mean something's not running properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So letting it go and just ignoring it, that can actually be way more detrimental to your health. Yeah, and willingness to ask. Ask around, ask your doctor, ask your friends, ask, 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 and keep talking about it. That's the only and listen to the podcast. And, and listen to she too. Why <laughs> not? Definitely. That's right. Scream it well, through the rooftops. <laughs> I can't tell you how many nights I've been walking the dog and listening away, and I'm yelling out loud by myself in the dark, oh, yeah, that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so comforted. Oh, no. walk. Oh, yeah. that's so good to hear. I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank uh, you. I'm sorry that it happened, but oh goodness, no! Part of something to to that was my journey, and it I was. But it could happen to someone else, so we're grateful that you shared yeah. that because I've mm-hmm. never heard that before. Mm-hmm. So just knowing that there might be another doctor or healthcare practitioner out there prescribing the same sort of treatment to somebody um, now, you know, they can be aware of what's about to happen to them so and who knows how many of his patients you've helped because you're sort of teaching him how to deal mm-hmm. with you going through menopause and hopefully that translates when he's dealing with another woman that might be going through it yeah definitely yeah. well i appreciate you guys being very 
open with this discussion and having a very platform that we can all share. That's that's the biggest uh, advantage of having this available. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you, Sandra. Thank (laughs) you.